Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering escapes to the beautiful San Juan Islands this spring. Convenient daily 45-minute flights to San Juan Island, Orcas, and Lopez Islands from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering escapes to the beautiful San Juan Islands this spring. Convenient daily 45-minute flights to San Juan Island, Orcas, and Lopez Islands from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Monday. This is Seattle Now. What a historic day for the University of Washington football team and its fan base. The Huskies will face University of Michigan tonight for a shot at the highest honor in college football. It's a great moment to tune in, even if you're not normally a Husky fan. Seattle Now sports correspondent Vaughn Jones is here to tell us just what's at stake for UW and the best way to catch the game. But first, let's get you caught up. The Federal Aviation Administration has grounded most Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes nationwide after a terrifying mid-air blowout five minutes after takeoff. The Alaska Airlines flight made a safe emergency landing back at Portland International Airport. Now investigators are searching for that missing piece of the fuselage as thousands of travelers make other arrangements. Alaska canceled nearly 100 flights Sunday and will likely cancel more today. The airline said travelers should expect significant delays while it conducts inspections and awaits further direction from Boeing and the FAA. It's going to stay cold, windy, and rainy in Seattle today with a chance of an isolated snow shower. Temperatures will be in the mid-40s in Seattle, but be prepared with chains and supplies if you're heading over the passes. Things will be far more snowy and potentially treacherous in the mountains. The National Weather Service says expect blizzard conditions beginning tomorrow morning around the mountain passes, also an increased risk of avalanche. And the Seattle Seahawks ended their season Sunday with a win, but it wasn't enough to secure them a playoff spot. Green Bay's victory over Chicago sealed the Hawks' fate, who can start working towards next season. Good thing there isn't high-stakes Seattle football until later today, where the Huskies face Michigan. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. The college football championship game kicks off at 4.30 Seattle time in Houston. And for the first time in its history, the UW Huskies will take the field. They beat the odds and dozens of other teams to earn their spot playing for the highest honor in college football. And boy, are folks in the city excited for this moment. Seattle Now producer and sports correspondent Vaughn Jones is here to tell us what this means for UW and explain how to enjoy the game if you're new to the dog pack. Hey, Vaughn. Hey, how's it going? Fine. Glad you're here. You know, I follow the Huskies, but not an avid fan. I get that this championship is a big deal, but just how big a deal? Pretty massive, I would say. (laughs) Just a massive deal. College football basically for forever 
has been dominated by the southern United States. In its inception, it used to be dominated by the nerds at the Ivy League schools, but we shifted to a place where schools like Alabama and Georgia and Florida and LSU are the repeat main winners. Okay. Uh, UW is rolling in really unfamiliar territory here. The last time a Pac-12 team, so the western United States, made the college football playoff was 2016. That was also UW, and they got stomped by, guess who, Alabama uh-huh. on their way to winning it all. Okay. Windows are really small in college football. Your best players get taken away from you to go to the NFL. And so UW being here is a really big deal because they're about to lose a lot of their players to the college football NFL draft process. So pretty big. Okay. That's really interesting, Vaughn. Not only do we have a north-south rivalry here, but a really interesting team to work with. All right. So according to UW, Huskies hold two other national titles from 1960 and 1991. But as I understand it, the process of crowning a national champion has changed a lot since then. So let's talk about that. Yeah, college football is really weird. Starting in 1998, there was the Bull Championship Series, which is a national title game. So it's for all the marbles. These are the two best teams and you play and you win. But before that, so like in 1991 when UW claimed theirs, uh, there was no one way to crown a national champion. And so anyone who had like a really good season, like an undefeated season or something like that, could just say, I'm the national champion. UW has done that twice, once in 1960 and once in 1991. Uh, But the Miami Hurricanes in 1991 had an undefeated season and they said, we're the national champions. And Minnesota and Ole Miss in 1960 both had really great seasons and said, we're the national champions. Um, So the system we have now is kind of controversial. People get upset when certain teams don't get the opportunity to play in Mm. the big four. But this game, UW and Michigan... I don't think there's a doubt in anybody's mind that these are the two best teams in college football right now. So this matchup feels really right. Is it unusual for a team like UW to make it to this game? We talked about the North-South thing, but what else? It's not like the NFL and it's not like any other like professional sport where there's, you know, 30 teams or whatever. When you're looking at Division One football, so the teams who are competing for this title, there are 133 schools. And so when you talk about teams with a real shot to win the championship every year, that's probably about 10 teams, and that list narrows down as the year goes on. So to be one of those teams, even for one year, is so, so rare. UW has put together some impressive seasons in recent years with just one or two losses, but that does not matter. If you lose two games in a season, you are not in the upper echelon. Even if you lose one game in a season, you can be removed from that upper echelon of teams. Um, When you look at UW's transformation over the last decade plus, this Huskies team was 0-12 in 2008. They lost every game that they played. And now 15 years later, they're on the verge of going 15-0 with a chance to call themselves the undisputed national (laughs) champion of football. So worst to best. Yes, worst Worst to best. Even if they lose, they've gone from worst to best. Honestly, that's amazing. Okay, so... For people who are not big UW fans, let's break down what will happen tonight, starting with what's off the field. Tell me about the fun fan rituals I might see. 
tune into the game and you're definitely going to hear some barking. Oh, people yeah, take the, do- the dogs. Yeah, it's the dogs. Yeah, people take the dogs thing to the max and that's really cool. Uh, if you turn your TV on early, you might see Dubs the Husky who celebrated Cute. a birthday last week. Maybe the cutest dog in all of Seattle. Uh, the UW band will be in attendance. They play tequila. That's kind of their signature okay. song and UW fans know to sing along when that happens. Uh, UW also claims to have invented the wave. There's some controversy <laughs> there. Uh, I personally don't think they should claim that. I usually love cheesy sports traditions, but I hate the wave. Um, <laughs> on the Michigan side, if UW makes a mistake on a big play, get ready to hear Michigan fans chant, you suck, oh, which really? is really fun. They really do. They love to chant, you suck. Uh, and fans will also jingle their keys during big plays for oh. distraction purposes. So you hear some jingling. And then if they UW does get distracted, you will hear, you suck. You suck. The fan stuff is always funny to me, but it's also like heavily steeped in superstition. Yes. In that way, it's very serious. It looks fun, but it's also kind of serious. Oh, it's absolutely very serious. If you're in a student section for a college football game or if you're at a big game like that, you need to be doing all the right things or else your team is not going to win. Right. I have heard this in my house. Let's just leave it at that. All eyes are going to be on Michael Penix Jr., Vaughn, the Huskies quarterback. Last time we talked college ball, he was in the running for the Heisman Trophy. He took second place but didn't get the award. That in itself is a huge accomplishment. Mm. Does he have anything to prove? I actually kind of think he doesn't, Mm. uh, but I don't think that's going to stop him from playing with like a serious chip on his shoulder. He definitely played with a chip on his shoulder against Texas in the Sugar Bowl. That might have been the best game he's played all season, which is saying something because he had just a tremendous year. He completed 12 straight passes, which is really not an easy thing to do. And it's even harder to do on that big of a stage. This is the semifinal for the college football playoff. I actually have a friend who's a Heisman voter, uh, and he left Penix off of his ballot entirely. So I've been bugging him about it all week. I'm like, hey, remember when you didn't vote for Michael Penix? Wow, Vaughn. I know. I won't name and shame, but uh, he he got his, his due process on Twitter. So don't worry about that. Um, Michael Penix is actually in a really interesting situation right now. He's 60 minutes away from a national title, but he's also thinking about his future in the NFL as a potential first round draft pick. So he has a lot of pressure on him to play well and show what he can do, but also really importantly, stay healthy and preserve his future as an NFL player. Uh, But pressure makes diamonds, as the old sports (laughs) saying goes. And he's shown that he's capable of doing this high level of play and playing great all year. So if Michael Penix Jr. is such a fantastic quarterback, why not? stay here in Seattle and play for the Seahawks. Is that a possibility? Could that happen? I would say it's not outside of the realm of possibility, actually. Michael Penix Jr. has actually co-opted Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith's They Wrote Me Off and I Didn't Write Back. Uh Um, They seem to have a pretty public, like, conversational relationship. They've talked to each other. I think there's a possibility that Penix could be the next quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. You heard it here first. All right. Well, let's talk about the rival. UW is facing Michigan. Where does that school stand in the college football hierarchy? Yeah, Michigan is actually one of the most accomplished schools in college football history, but it's been a while since they've reached that pinnacle and staked their claim for a national championship, as it were. They have nine national titles, but they haven't won one since 1997, so they're they're in a similar drought to UW. Uh, they did just become the first program in college football history to win a thousand games, Wow! so they are the model of consistency. They're undefeated this year as well, and they're ranked number one and are favored heading into this game against UW. They are 
also in the throes of a cheating scandal this season, though. Bum, bum, bum. I know. It's alleged that they have a network of scouts and they send them to future opponents' games to steal play-calling signs from sidelines. Their superstar coach, Jim Harbaugh, agreed to a three-game suspension and served his time this year. They're probably not doing it anymore, but there might be an asterisk over the course of this really solid Michigan season. You know, I'm getting excited now, Vaughn, because I do love an underdog. If I really want to get in the mood, what local spots should I go to for a watch party? Because I didn't get one of those 7,000 tickets to go see the team play at the arena. Yeah. Oh, there is that UW watch party at Alaska Airlines Arena. That sold out in under two hours. Mm. So if you did get a ticket, more power to you. I don't doubt that basically every sports bar in the city will have this game on this afternoon. Uh, but if you want the full experience, you could head to the U District and go to Earl's or Schultz's or College and Pub. Not a bad idea, but you might want to get in line right now if you want a spot <laughs> near the bar. Um, the AMC in downtown is actually showing the game on one uh-huh. of their big screens. It's $20 a ticket, but it is probably bigger than any TV you'll find in town. The Queen Anne Beer Hall is expected to be totally packed. Uh, Red Hook Brew Lab is doing a watch party. That's a paid ticketed event, though, as well. Your options are endless. Just wear purple wherever you go. Yeah, totally. Does AMC have those cushy seats? I don't know. Uh, the downtown one? I'm not sure. Yeah. But, you know, not That's a bad deal. Real. All right. Well, what happens if we win? Do we just get bragging rights? Do we get to tear up the town? <laughs> yeah, you get a trophy and you get a parade. But winning a college football title goes beyond the trophies and confetti and the bragging rights. College football is partially about recruiting talented players to play for your team in a repeated cycle. And a national championship is a really, really great recruitment pitch. So as UW loses their best players to the draft, winning a national title can give them a leg up in recruiting and they can become one of those upper echelon teams because the more you win, the more opportunities you have to bring in good players. The rich get richer. And this is something we haven't talked about a whole lot. UW going to the Big Ten next year, that's Michigan territory. Michigan Mm. has been in the Big Ten for a very, very long time. That's going to make a really interesting scenario for next season. Michigan will be in Seattle for a rematch in nine months, and it will be really good if Husky fans have some ammo when they head into town. Love it. That's so great. All right. Seattle Now sports correspondent Vaughn Jones. Thanks, as always. Always a pleasure. Quick note, the AMC downtown is not the theater with the fancy reclining seats. That's the Regal. But it's probably for the best because those seats are way too cozy for a game that's going to be this exciting. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now and extra thanks to the generous listeners who financially support this show. Hello, Aaron, our newest supporter. Today's episode was produced by Claire McGrain. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain-Gomez, Vaughn Jones, and Jenny Cecil Moore. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. (sighs) 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.